Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve, and joining me is my co-host, Kyle. Say hello, Kyle. Another day, another dollar. Yep, and it's Tuesday. You know what that means. And that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is our tribute to, unfortunately, you know, the the late Brody Lee, who passed away a couple days ago, and that's hit the wrestling world really, really hard. Uh, he was only 41 years old, and he uh, passed away from, they, they're saying, a non-COVID-related uh, lung ailment. But as you can tell, there's tons of tributes all over social media for him. Um, and Bray Wyatt and Eric Rowan and Randy Orton, for that matter, they all put out um, pretty heartfelt messages to him. So what what was your reaction when you first heard Kyle? Actually, you, you're the one who um, – you told you texted me right at the same time that somebody tagged me in a post on Facebook. So what, uh, what was your reaction? You know, you being older than me, Brody Lee is my age. Yeah, and he is to to see a, another another wrestler, another person, forty one years old, succumbing to. What sounded like a pretty bad illness, whatever it was, just shocking because see all these guys on TV, and he clearly looks in shape. And to have a a lung ailment, you know, it's not asthma. Didn't hear anything about uh, tobacco, any sort of lung cancer but something in that family that took him out. They said, what, two months? Yeah. He got diagnosed October. Yep. He'd been in intensive care for, you know, since October. And it's just shocking. The the amount of people clearly in, in the wrestling profession, he was one of the better human beings. Yep, and that's one of the things you always hear everyone talk about, how much he loved his family and how he always looked forward to seeing, you know, his wife and his uh, two boys. You know, his one of, I think it's his oldest who's actually named Brody because uh, the wrestler Brody Lee, also known as Luke Harper, his real name is John Huber, and his oldest son is actually named Brody. And it sounds like that's where, you know, he – got the name from. I don't know what his youngest son is named. Um, but, I thought, but, yeah, it's not that, really it, relevant It's a kid, yeah. but just a, a sad day, and you see uh, all the posts and the videos, um, different things people are putting out some, well, most good, a few on the PW Torch side, not so good. Yeah, to me, that's actually kind of, kind of tasteless, to be honest with you. But that, so, that's, my, that's my opinion. I'm just... Put me on the list for the Bruce Mitchell beating. And there we go. 
off saying. <laughs> yeah. I don't I don't think he wants a, a, a Kyle beating. He lost uh John Huber, Brody Lee, and Danny Hodges before that. He yeah. lost Pat Patterson this month. The the list of early wrestling passings has been quite extensive this year. And Danny Hodge, the thing about him, you know, he's a lot, he's very, very old school. A lot of the younger fans may not even recognize the name, but he was one of the original, original greats. And you want to talk about somebody just tough as nails. The stories about that man are just legendary. And the scary thing about it, they are all true. They said that he was actually once in a car wreck where his car actually went into a lake and he broke his neck, well, he managed to kick through the windshield and got out of the car and got on, got to shore and walked up the shore to get help while holding his head up. He had to hold his head up with, from, from one side to make sure it didn't, you know, just to keep his head straight. He was holding it with one arm while doing everything with the other arm. You know, tell me that's not tough. That that's tough, <laughs> and what I I always enjoyed, he as a party trick or whatever you want to call it, he could crush an apple with his bare hands. Yeah, even because he was eighty eight years old when he passed away, and they said he was even doing that into his eighties. He was able to do that. So and he and was a shooter. He was a hooker. So he was definitely not someone to trifle with. But they said one of the nicest people in the world. But we we've done episodes on Road Warrior Animal. Passed away, like man. And somehow Hulk Hogan and some others, alive and kicking, going to be on Raw next week. Yep, and not that we wish any ill will towards them. That so the, let's just put that out there. We would never wish any kind of ill will towards any person, much less you know the wrestlers, because uh, Tyler and I both we have a love for professional wrestling, and we would never want anything bad to happen to anybody that are involved in the business. So you know, we just want to throw that out there. You know what Hulk Hogan's put into his body. Oh, I know, and. The, and it is amazing. It does amaze me. Hulk Hogan, uh, Jake Roberts, Scott Hall, you know some of these guys. But um, somebody must be looking out for them, and they'll tell you that. And I know they've gotten clean. Hopefully, they're staying clean. But and Ric Flair manages to cheat death still too. Ric Flair almost—he almost joined the. The ranks of the deceased a few years ago. But uh, another one I'm reading about, Rick Drazen was a wrestler. Uh, I know him from, he's the creator of the Gold's Gym logo. Hmm. So every time you drive by that, a wrestler made that and trained Maria Menounos to wrestle at WrestleMania. Hmm. Well, we do 
we do, we should probably should go ahead and move on because we're going to just make ourselves depressed. <laughs> because you know we, as much as what we enjoy talking about the wrestlers in their lives, because they do make us happy, it is sad to think about the ones who actually recently left us, like the Bernie Lee, like the Danny Highs, like Kevin Green, who I know was a part time, he was one for football, like Zeus, like Pat Patterson, and, and Road Warrior Animal. But our thoughts definitely go out to Brody Lee's family. You know, we'll be praying for all them, and and you know, and, and just think all the good things that he did. So episode is actually the top ten wrestling comebacks. Whether or not somebody who could have been injured, they may have decided to go to Hollywood to film some movies, or they may have actually had to retire for medical reasons, but they all managed to come back. And part of my criteria, Kyle, was to say they come back and they came back better. You know, I tried to look at that them coming back better than what they were. Uh, and I think you were kind of going on the same lines as well, you know, just judging from I, I, the list you gave. I was close. Uh, comeback means obviously injury, ouch, for a while. Something, not a gimmick or a company change, uh, because we have some people we've mentioned earlier that could have been on the list. Boy, Similar criteria, but we don't agree for nothing this time. Yeah, because we had a long, long list, even coming up with just 20 apiece. And you actually came up with 25, but only still only graded like the top 20. Um, That's just because of our grading criteria. But before we start, I do want to go ahead and give our contact and listening info. If there is anyone listening live, Hopefully it's you, Randy, because I texted you and told you we were going live. But if you want to call in, yeah. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you like Randy and Kyle. He's a big, big wrestling fan. He's one to introduce me to the NWF, and he's actually friends with some of those guys as well. But if you want to call in during the live broadcast, it's area code three one nine five two seven six zero eight nine. If you'd like to email us, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, www.facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. We are on Twitter, at bookingarmchair. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on Spotify. Just do a search for Armchair Booking, and we should be the only ones who pop up. And before we continue on, I do want to give another shout-out for the GoFundMe for Mean Selena Dean's mother. Her mother has breast cancer, and she is doing everything she can to raise money to help with the medical bills. If you just go to GoFundMe.com slash F slash the best mom fund F-U cancer, you find like that, or just do a search for Donna's Chemo Fund, you should be able to find it using that. And if you don't, still don't have any luck, just let me know. And I will hook you up with the link, or let Kyle know he will hook you up with the link. So that's definitely worthy cause. And even though I haven't actually spoken to him in a few weeks, uh, just because of busy schedules, I want to give another shout-out to Jordan Garber. He's always been a friend to us, and he has definitely helped us out, and we appreciate it. So, Jordan, if you listen, thanks, bro. Uh, Kyle, have I forgotten anything? No, I think you covered everything. And just a reminder to Randy to stop being a slacker. Go ahead and call in. 
and join the discussion. I'm gonna text him again right now. <laughs> Actually, he might he might be working. To be honest with you, um, but I'm gonna text him and say, "Dude, we are we are calling. We are <laughs> we are talking about you badly." On, but, I'll just I'll just say we're talking about you on the show. But along along those lines, um, we're coming up on the end of the year. Raw's ratings are at a historical low. Still, still, because every week it's, you know, Raw's lowest ratings ever. Next week, well, once again, lowest ratings ever. Well, next week, lowest ratings ever. That says something. TNA or Impact Wrestling appears to be decent. They're on a channel kind of hard to find, even on DirecTV. What channel are they on? And If that says anything, I don't even know what channel they are on. They're actually going to be on in 47 minutes, and I would have to do a program search to find the channel. I can't even name it. I'm going to do it right now. And then you have AEW and our NXT. AEW is going to be a, a tribute show this week. So be interesting. This is the first major wrestler death in AEW his, short history. Unfortunately, yes. And what what did you think about the tribute or lack of tribute last night to John Huber, Huber or Luke Harper as he was in the I thought at the very beginning that it actually was nice of them to actually mention his name at the beginning you know, or at least show his picture and yes they said Luke Harper and I get that I mean because that's what WWE fans knew him as was Luke Harper and so they actually did mention him, even though just a few days ago, I don't know if you saw, but I think it was Walk Culture Wrestling or Cultaholic actually made a video on YouTube, you know, listing the, I think it was, may have just been 10, but typically who were persona non grata in the WWE. And Brody Lee's name was one of the ones on there. Now, that's extremely bad timing. You know, obviously, they didn't realize what was going to happen, you know, you know, almost, you know, in the next 24 hours after that. But for the WWE to actually acknowledge his passing, I thought that was nice of him. Uh, Drew McIntyre saying, you know, it's Monday, you know what time it is. And that, that's kind of surprising a little bit. But the WWE are allowing them to do it because he's still their friend. And, and you know, the new day, R-Truth did a little something. Yeah, see, I didn't see all of them because I was uh, – I don't even remember what I was doing last night. I did, I caught part of the I replay a little bit later on. It was on the Raw Talk show. Oh, okay. That's why I didn't see it. Quite an interesting thing. I guess it's relevant for comebacks. Because when you leave WWE, they erase you from history. 
it's in a way it's kind of disappointing because you you you've done your military time I've done mine nobody erased my work after my four years of service are you with your 20 right and they they do that they they minimize you especially if you go to another location the not so much with impact wrestling but you see it with AEW and this is the pettiness of WWE they actually erased Cody Rhodes from the Luke Harper tribute video they did really i had to say i, I didn't see that part they they actually went to the effort and erased Cody Rhodes from from the video Hmm. Yeah, that is a little petty. So, it's a competitor, and we've talked about Vince McMahon and his business practices in the past, but how how, how do you show your kids what you did is, and you take Ryback as a good example. Um, Granted, he sticks his foot in his mouth, just about every other month. But they competed with him over the trademark of his name as he's used it for a nutritional supplement company. And there, he's been gone four, four and a half years. And there... God, yeah, I guess it has been that long, hasn't it? And they're still going after him and his name. And for what? He he doesn't even wrestle there anymore. And you, we see what they've done with people on their Twitch streams. And you saw that they just came out with their Superstar Gaming Network. That they're going to try and launch and get people to subscribe to. It, it's a it's a reminder as we go through the list and a few other things in the future. TV doesn't negate who they are as human beings. Exactly. You know. So and so at any time, Ryback. Well, Ryback is one of the ones. Obviously, he's also on the Persona Non Grata list. However, if he were to make a comeback, he could actually end up on this list. But for now, we'll go ahead and get to our our top ten. And ironically enough, we actually have a tie. We we actually don't have a number ten, but we do have two number nines. We have two number nines, three number fives. (laughs) And three number fives. And so we have have no six, we have no seven, we have no ten. We we disagree a little bit on this one, and I guess I'll take the first one because I think one of the best comebacks of recent memory, Goldberg in 2016, and it starts as a advertisement for a WWE licensed game, 
where he is a playable character. And it builds into a match with Brock Lesnar at Survivor Series. And shockingly, he beat Lesnar in under five minutes like the Goldberg of old. Yep, it was, what, Spear, Spear, Jackhammer, done. And the the mystique of Goldberg, one, he he returns... He's a lot more mellow as a human being. I've li- used to listen to his podcast, a uh, fan of him as a charitable person, and some of the things he does, some of the beliefs he has as a person. But he came back immediately, the thrust into a main event program with Brock Lesnar, who was the the biggest star of the time, whether or not you agree with it, out of the the Royal Rumble, parlays it into a championship match against Kevin Owens in February to a really surprisingly good 10-minute match with Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania where he put him over. And I know that had to hurt you to see Brock Lesnar actually lose, and not just lose, but to just get get beat down like he stole something. No, I I was actually a, a fan of this booking, uh, of this of this program, and again, it goes back to believability. To this day, and even with Drew McIntyre, they have not booked anyone credibly enough to beat Brock Lesnar like that. If you're going to do it, that's the way it should have been done, and Goldberg was the character to do it. Because it is believable, and like we're saying, it, it came back, well, kind of a return from the WrestleMania where they both kind of stuck up, stunk up the joint. But you know, so really, that may have been kind of a comeback for both of them in one match, sort of. Even though we know Brock Lesnar was already uh, he had already returned for for a little bit, but now I will go ahead and say that Goldberg actually had um, he actually had a lot of respect for the the tie for number nine, and that would be The Rock. For his, um, well, I had it down as 2011. You had it down as 2012. So I just, I just called it his 2012 return, where he was gone. I didn't realize how long he had been gone for. He he'd been gone more than ten years at that point, and comes back and surprise host for WrestleMania. That'd be WrestleMania 28, I believe. Then, or no, then, 27. Yeah, 27. Then he goes into the tag team with John Cena against Miz and R Truth. From there, the WrestleMania match against John Cena, the title victory against CM Punk, 
and basically doing the favor for John Cena and losing the title to him at the following WrestleMania. The once-in-a-lifetime match, which happened twice. But both both matches good. The match with The Rock is kind of what set CM Punk off and why he's no longer present in the organization, which gave us another moment that we've talked about with Daniel Bryan. But bonafide superstar. Oh, absolutely. I know I got some of his clothing for Christmas, and I own his workout shoes, the TR2s, uh, that I wear in the gym on non-squat days. So uh, someone that came left, transcended the business, superstardom, as an actor, came back, and I'd say to this day still pops the crowd every time he comes on the screen. And the funny thing is, he kind of does his own his own thing. He does his, he plays by his own rules. Because I remember one of the last times he was on, I believe it was Raw, and there were some folks who were essentially cosplaying at ringside. They were dressed up like. Old school Hogan in the red and yellow. They were dressed up like Macho Man. I believe it was somebody else. And before that, they they basically told the cameraman, okay, don't show them anymore. And they were actually trying to remove them. And all of a sudden, The Rock, who apparently didn't know about all this, all of a sudden was drawing all sorts of attention to those guys. You know, so and I really don't think he would have cared anyway because no. he's The Rock. So, by the way, I know we have a live listener because he texted me and told me he's listening. So, hi, Randy. Hi, Randy. Enjoyed The Rock's return. Just not enough. You get into the part-timer argument with Brock Lesnar. The Rock was a true part-timer. He showed up for what events he could which popped the ratings for sure, but not 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 full time. And it it became one of those things where they'd announce him, hey, he's going to do this, and you'd watch it, and that's kind of all you'd watch. Well, do you think if The Rock came back today? Would it pop as big of a rating as what it did in the past? But I mean, yes, they need to raise their ratings. So if he comes back today, what would pop the ratings is if he goes to SmackDown, the show he he built. That was named after more or less him. Roman Reigns. He'd have to take on Roman Reigns. And the way that storyline is going, that would be probably worth watching. But I can't name, like, 
anyone on Raw that I would want to watch him interact with. Could you? Uh, Probably not. And we have a caller, Kyle. So I am going to put what we're talking about on hold real quick, and I'm going to have our caller join us. Hello, caller. Area code 513. Welcome to the show. We are family friendly, so just kind of watch the language. Announce yourself. What's your name? Well, wouldn't you know it is the infamous Randy? It is Randy. <laughs> Kyle? Kyle, you never met Randy. Uh, you, you two would get along because you both have the same hairstyle. I will say that. All this beautiful. He must be a good-looking man. It's it's just those bald genetics. I'm sure you have them as well. Yeah, you know, God only made so many perfect heads. The rest he covered with hair. And, and I mean, Steve, what's that say about you? Because your your hair's on your head, and uh, it's growing in unusual patterns out of your chin. It is. Um, <laughs> In fact, I might, I might actually, I've been thinking about just shaving it and my head. And, yeah, Randy, I think I would kind of, uh, that would really throw some people off because it would be like, who's the guy up there playing bass and where'd happen to Steve? But Nobody would recognize, well, I'm sure. For, for those who are listening to this conversation, Steve is the only one on the call or on the program right now who is rocking a skullet. Not only do I rock the skullet, I rock a skullet with a ponytail. So you've got 13 generations of white trash inbreeding. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. Appreciate it. That's Coca-Cola you from were... a baby bottle territory there. <laughs> so, um, well, Kyle, I will, is... tell you, I will tell you something, though, about Randy before we start getting into conversations about, you know, balls being beautiful and, and skullets. Um, Randy is a huge, huge wrestling fan, and he's the one who introduced me to the Nat- the Northern Wrestling Federation. And Randy, you actually went through some of the training yourself with them, didn't you? I did a fantasy camp. Uh, it was a crash course, if you will, in pro wrestling. It was six hours in duration, and they kind of went over some of the philosophies and and showed you what training would be like. We took bumps and and learned how to do some very basic maneuvering and and something as simple as running the ropes wasn't nearly as simple as I thought it would be. And so they just wanted to give you an idea of kind of what, what it's like to train to be a pro wrestler. It was a lot rougher than I thought it would be. I, too, did a weekend. I did it in Maryland where I shamefully currently live. And back when 1999, and Steve, I think you were still around for this. Uh, we were when, there until September. We went, we were, we tried out locally in Maryland because we were going to go to the power plant. The infamous they, power plant. They worked at the power plant was WCW, and the way the way our dorms worked, Steve was off base at this point. When you jo- came into the dorms, you got assigned a room, 
and your room your or your floor your side of the floor basically had a wrestling faction so i was nwo black and white and when i'd walk down the hallway to walk out the door where my car was parked i would wrestle members of the horseman group on my way out the door so i broke uh two doors on my way out we cracked a fire escape door uh throwing each other into the door and wrestling on the way out but i ended up sharing my knee in the second week of training and uh tore the mcl on my knee And what were you doing when you tore it? I slid on the mat. So um, I was not wearing the proper proper shoes for what we were doing. And I slipped and my knee just buckled. And the MCL tear was not tremendously bad. It was something I did not require surgery for it healed on its own. But, uh, when the military found out that I was training to be a wrestler, they did not appreciate my extracurricular activities. So that was the first time I got in trouble in the, in the military, but not the last, not if the anybody last. Sa- if anybody says they did an entire career in the military and never got in trouble, um, they probably had a pretty boring career. <laughs> Maybe just put it like that. Well, fair enough. Uh, among the, the wrestling exploits, um, I got stinger splashed in the break room after my car accident, right when I got onto base. And uh, rebroke two ribs I broke in a car accident. And that kept me from going to where I met Steve for six weeks because because I had broken my ribs. And, and go go try and explain that when they're trying to polygraph and they they put the heart rate strap around your broken ribs and can't figure out why you're jumping every time it's a breath. Only hurts when you breathe. And then my greatest thing, uh, we would run up behind people and, of course, perform wrestling moves all all throughout the uh, area. And I ran to find someone in in the post exchange. Steve, you remember the wonderful post exchange there? Uh, The one, it was the small, oh, you're talking about the one um, on the other side of the base that had the commissary that connected to yes. it? Yes. Okay. I clotheslined someone in the back of the head near the shoes and knocked him out. Or... Oh, wonderful. Was it anybody I know? No, I wish it would have been, though. I can name a couple people that deserved a clothesline. Uh, well, Kyle, before you, way before you got there uh, to Maryland, I did see a Marine uh Slapped the taste out of a mouth of an army guy one day on the ops floor. I'll tell you that story some other time. Um, and Randy, the first time Kyle met me, the very night he met me, he wanted to give me a beatdown. I'll have to tell you that story Sunday at church. Remind me. 
It's a Isn't that how the best story. friendships start? <laughs> it is. It really is. I do want to point out when he tells you this story on Sunday in church, so all his um, transgressions will probably be excluded. (laughs) (laughs) You never in your lifetime seen someone get as hot as I did without even knowing who he was. Like, I got walked through the floor. I shook everyone's hands. You know, first day you have to shake hands and kiss babies. Um, and he, he, he did some vile, dirty things to me and it was not to you. It was to your hat. I, it it was my hat that was customized for my big head. (laughs) 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 And, um, yeah, before we knew what a rock bottom was. Steve almost got one in the middle of the floor. And it took two people to pull me away from him. I was so <laughs> Well, this not, sounds it like was some uh, kind yeah, of a story. People, and I actually, you know what? The two people who um, pulled him away were an Army sergeant and an Army staff sergeant. And the <laughs> Army sergeant is actually a really good friend of ours. Uh, the Army Staff Sergeant, he was actually my, you know, he was in charge of my particular work area because um, I was only an E-4 senior airman at the time. But if this says anything, Randy, uh, it was three or four months later, Kyle was one of the groomsmen at my wedding. So that's how the friendship started. And obviously, you know, it, it actually, uh, once he calmed down and realized I'd meant no ill will, and he realized it was actually kind of funny because I'm pretty sure he did the same thing to people later on. Am I right, Kyle? No, I did way worse than that. Exactly. Oh, and you got me back. You got me back on my very last day. I remember that. Yes. Yeah, in fact, you actually, you actually almost caused permanent damage to me. Not intentionally, <laughs> but but I'll tell you, yeah, yeah, Randy, at church Sunday, just remind me, and I'll I'll tell you those stories. Because, yeah, right now, if we keep going, we'll, we're going down a rabbit hole, and actually, you know, we've only covered two of our top ten so far. <laughs> and... Um, you know, if we keep going down this rabbit hole, I mean, it'll be story and story. Now, Grant, I know we are entertaining people, though, so, and that's the important thing. But, Randy, since you're on the call with us, I will go ahead and reveal our number eight as far as uh, the top ten comebacks. And this one occurred at the Royal Rumble in 2020. And I swear, when I heard this music, I jumped out of my chair. I was marking out and my own house, and that was when Edge came back. I'm pretty sure I came up off my recliner. (laughs) Yeah. I want to preface this choice, Steve, with recency bias. And and my favorite word, again, is shenanigans. (laughs) Why shenanigans? He's only wrestled in three matches in his comeback. Well, it was the pop. Honestly, so, it was the pop which drove me to do it. And maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe I did rank it a little bit too high. But and it is kind of recency biased. But it was that pop because I had never seen the only louder pop of that night for the entire card was when Drew McIntyre did his um, the Claymore kick, and he Claymore kicked Brock Lesnar right out of the ring. 
I popped for that too. So I, I never saw that coming. I, I, yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Edge uh, for this one, the stenosis in his neck, which I, I have also had or have, uh, ended his career. And I I thought at that point he was wrestling Alberto Del Rio, who just got out of jail, by the way. Really? And, yes. And was programmed for someone who didn't make our list in Christian. And that would have been Edge and Christian at probably SummerSlam that year. And retired, and they said, what, lost 20, 25, 30 pounds? And he was not a big guy. No, he wasn't. And, and I guess that relieved all his his pain. And I don't know if you watch Sheamus's workout videos, the Celtic workouts. Edge, that man had been putting in some work, doing some functional functional exercises, and. At least the the match in the night at WrestleMania day one. Well, the match that he and Orton had at WrestleMania, to be honest with you, I was not that enamored by it because I just thought it was way, way too long. I mean, and I was like 30 minutes, and it, after a while it was just – I don't say this very often. It was a little too brutal. Um, and maybe because there was no live audience, it made it actually seem worse than what it was. And after a while, it was just dragging on and on and on. Um, but, you know, with that being said, they, and they also advertised it as the greatest match ever. They did that as kind of a sneaky way to when somebody wants to Google the greatest match ever, that'll be the one that pops up. That is uh Cheap advertising, WWE style. Hey, it's cheap but effective. But I do think recency bias here with with the moment, because if we compare Edge at number eight with the pop our first number five got, I, I think the pop for Mr. Brock Lesnar returning from UFC retirement he Lesnar got a louder pop than Edge. What do you think, Randy? Boy, I think that one is a really hard call, but I tend to lean towards Edge, maybe because I'm a bit of an Edge guy, though. I, I really wasn't that excited about Brock Lesnar's return, and so I think that would tilt me naturally towards Edge. Uh, but when Edge returned, I genuinely felt something. And that's something that's hard to do with the amount of information we can consume now and how much we know ahead of time. And to have a genuine feeling like that pop up uh, is something that that they don't pull off very often. I don't think Brock made me feel that way, but I know Edge did. Hey, Randy, uh, do you mind if I tell Kyle what you do for a living? Certainly. Good. Oh, yeah. Hey, Kyle, Randy's actually a certified EMT. 
So All right. he, he knows a thing or two about injuries. And I know a thing or two about injuring people. He does. He, he really does, Randy. <laughs> um, well, you know, that is job security. <laughs> I, I think when... So is McDonald's. Do, what? I said, so is McDonald's. Blood, it's always, <laughs> oh, so is McDonald's. <laughs> it's always better to give other people's blood. Fair enough. But a noble profession. Uh, I know quite a few EMTs out here where I live. I train with two of them, and uh, our church softball team had 11 firefighters who are EMT certified. And uh, what they do. Um, so much respect to that profession. Uh, my job is just making friends and influencing people. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But if you, if you boil a lot of jobs down to their core, they're, you're in the relationship business at its very core. And healthcare is very similar in that regard. So I think Brock Lesnar's return uh, when he came back and obviously got booked with John Cena, his promo was that if Brock Lesnar was still in the WWE, John Cena would still be carrying his bags. Still one of the best <laughs> ones <laughs> ever right. in a promo. I think if they booked him to beat Super Cena, and Steve, this could be a top ten in itself. Wrestlers that John Cena should have put over during his WWE career. You know what? We we already had something like that with Hulk Hogan, so why not? Yeah, I will I will write it down. Or but, uh, it down. I think they spoiled the first part of his return because they booked him to lose to Cena in his first match. And his return did not get hot until he beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. Hmm. What do you mean? to digest there. Oh, you know what's Randy? I mean, because uh, I know you've been listening to us as... Uh, whatever you can. I mean, I know with your schedule, your job schedule, I know it makes it hard sometimes. Um, but, you know, we do. Some, we try to do some pretty deep dives into this. And all coming from a fan's perspective, or two fans and now three fans, since you have joined us this evening. Glad to do so. But I think Brock Lesnar and his return brings the element, and you mentioned the pop, the actual – emotion, Brock Lesnar brings realism to a fake product. I think I can concede that point. Especially uh, when you go back to when he hard way busted busted open Randy Orton uh, with such effect that even Jericho backstage took offense to it until he was made aware that it was a work. 
And Jericho is absolutely fearless. That man does not care. He could have gotten a beat down, and he was not going to back down at all. And he saw something he did not like, and he was just letting the man know he did not like it. But Brock has had good matches with Yeah. What were you saying, Kyle? Kyle? Kyle, you there? Hey, Randy, are you there? No, I'm I'm here. I am. Okay. Momentary cutoff. Brock's had good matches with Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, CM Punk, even Triple H, The Undertaker, of course. Goldberg, who previously made our list and really put over Drew McIntyre in, in this past year. Oh, and Drew, he, Drew has actually expressed his absolute gratitude for that as well. And, and although he's part-time, it, when he appears on television, his return still... They're still special. Like, he's not overused like the majority of other talent. Well, since we already mentioned, you know, we, we, in fact, we have three number fives just happened to, to end up like this. I think we should go ahead and move on. And we've actually um, mentioned our next number five. And that was someone you said Brock had a pretty good match with. But before we move on, uh, Randy, I got your text. Um, so it, it sounds like you may have to leave us, or are you able to hang on for a bit? I can hang on for a bit. Let me double check here. I don't know how yes. much longer I got, but it's I'll hang on for as long as it'll let me. I will. Um, well, tell you what, since I don't want to keep you, um, I will go ahead and um, go ahead and let you go on the call. But we really definitely appreciate you calling in, and um, yeah, certainly call in whenever you want. I always listen to your input, especially because yeah, Kyle, because uh, when we go to church, um, we practice. We went through songs because you know I play bass in the praise band, and then Randy and I will sit there and talk wrestling. Me, him, and then uh, another uh, EMT named TJ. We would sit there and talk wrestling for an hour before the church service. That's almost every Sunday, isn't Randy? (laughs) Yes, it is, (laughs) and and very much look forward to. Yeah. Before you rush him off the call, Randy, can you name a comeback? That we haven't mentioned yet. So, what's your favorite one before you go? Or give us your top three. Oh my goodness! Talking about being put on the spot. I gotta really see if I can that. compose something that quick. <laughs> Edge would have been in there, and and that one's already been taken. Uh, I tell you, one that did stick out to me in particular. I don't know if I have three. Uh, actually, I just watched this yesterday. Um, 
and it was the 2002 return of Shawn Michaels in that unsanctioned street fight versus Triple H. That ironically and, uh, in a pink card list. Yep. <laughs> If that one that one really stuck out to me so much so I had to watch it back yesterday and and I was just as hooked on it eighteen years later as I was when I watched it the first time. They had that crowd in the palm of their hand. So tell you what, Randy, whenever Kyle and I have uh some top ten lists, I'm actually gonna send it your way as well, if you don't mind because we'd love to be able to get some more input. It, it'll make it um, more interesting. Not that Kyle and I aren't interesting, but it's just two of us. So throwing a third in there with their opinion with their list will definitely make it even more conversation-worthy, if that makes any sense. And I think it may change it up a little bit, too, because my history doesn't go back quite as far. Not trying to say you guys are old, but so some of my things may be a little more recent than than what makes your list. Oh, you know, I mean, hey, it's all good. Well, you'll you'll find that Steve's lists are most mostly more recent than mine. Oddly enough, yes, and I'm the older of the three of us. So, but. Hmm. You don't have any worries. We, we all start our fandom at our our own age, and I will honestly admit I watched less current wrestling than I did old stuff. I find I'm watching I less just, of the product on television currently, uh, and and I up until the uh, pandemic was moving more towards independent wrestling. We have had a a long discussion about that. I am the same. I can't even stomach giving the WWE nine ninety nine for their network right now. Their product is so bad. For me, it's still worth it for the nostalgia to go back to things that that are nice memories to me. And so it's still worth the nine ninety nine for me, but I'm I'm with you in that the the current product has indeed suffered uh, when compared to past eras. But oh, and also Randy, real quick before we have to uh, move on, uh, are you friends with uh, me and Selena Dean? Uh, I believe her uh, wrestler profile page, but not her personal page. Okay. Yeah, could I actually send her a message um, earlier today, just you know, asking you know maybe an update on her mom, and she never responded, which normally she does respond. So I'm guessing that she's probably busy. Um, yeah, because I wanted to give an uh, an update on that. So yeah, I didn't know if you do of anything. So, because I mean, I know you actually know her nothing new in in person, you know, better than I do. So, um, but all right. Well, cool, cool, dude. Well, since your headphones are dying, I will go ahead and hit the big X, which will actually uh, cut your phone. But we certainly appreciate it, and I will let you know when our next topic is. And uh, it should be next Monday, 830. That is the normal time. 
this week is a little special because you remember me telling you um, Sunday about, you know, I had a headache, you know, again? Yes. Yeah, I ended up ended up spending about seven and a half hours at the emergency room right near the house. So, Genius. oh, and we we actually have another caller. I'm not joking. We have another caller, so... Um, well, right now we'll go ahead and let you go, and so I can get this call. Or it may be a spam call because it's one 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 one. But all right, dude. It may be what? Remember that guy that called in the first couple episodes? Oh no! Hey, it may be him again. So, but all right. Hey, I'll see you Sunday, dude. See you Sunday. Hello, uh, caller. You're on the air. We are family friendly. Please, please keep the language clean. Who are we talking to? And they dropped. Oh, sorry, Randy. Yeah, the, the caller dropped. Maybe, maybe they weren't expecting us to answer. Maybe they were going to tell us about our warranty. Stupid. Are they stupid want to have fake caller? Or as soon as I say clean, maybe they didn't like that. Um. Well, we'll go ahead and move on. The next number five, we almost mentioned it, but the next one is Daniel Bryan when he returned from his forced medical retirement. Uh, and you have this higher on your list than I do, of course. Uh, <laughs> I really liked his planet conservationist gimmick in his return. Oddly enough, I, I it got on my nerves. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that he came back, and he was hugely, well, popular at first, and then all of a sudden he became a heel, and a very annoying heel on top of that. But now he's back being a face again because people don't want to boo him. They did not want to boo him before, and they don't want to boo him now, and especially with him coming back from – it. well – I was going to say it's hard to boo somebody coming back from that bad of a medical thing where he was out for how long? I, I want to say five years. No, I don't think it was that long because, see, it was uh, 2014 WrestleMania. He was there in 2015 WrestleMania. And then he came back uh, what a year and a half ago roughly so he said he was at about two and a half three years so I mean it's still a pretty long time and but one of one of the most over wrestlers of the most recent generation oh without his, question I mean that that may even be an understatement his yes chant uh, still he doesn't do it much, but the yes chant still heard in the crowds. And I don't think the yes chants ever really went away. No. By the way, Impact's on. I found the channel, and I sent you the channel number. But you said you had DirecTV, right? I do. And the very the very first thing they had, it said, um, like, it was just a, a kind of a card. Uh, it, it said, you know, in memory of John Brody Lee Huber. And, so, and that, that is appropriate for TNA wrestling because he never wrestled for them. Right. And, or now, and, now it's just Impact. There is no more TNA. Now it's just Impact. 
But um, I, I thought Daniel Bryan thing that that could have went on for quite a long period. That they, they had uh, Eric. Oh my gosh, he goes by Eric Redbeard now. But Eric Rowan at yes. the time, that his independent band shirts were unique. I was loving those shirts, and they were kind of getting off the topic of Daniel Bryan. But when Eric Rowan came out there, and he was sporting some of the um, well, we call them independent bands, but some of the bands I'd actually heard of, like uh, Tire or Tear, however you want to pronounce it. You know, a band from uh, the, the the Scottish Isles. I mean, there's some islands above Scotland. That tells you how far north they are. Uh, and then some of the other ones, I was like, oh, I'm totally digging those. Uh, and it looked like he he and Alistair Black, because, uh, you know, Alistair Black is really, really, you know, with him, it's not just the gimmick. I mean, that's who he is. But him with the metal shirts, I thought that was fantastic, and and actually, Alistair Black he mentioned that today on Twitter about the shirts because um, uh, John Huber, Luke Harper, Bodie Lee had actually borrowed a shirt, you know, a couple of shirts from him as well. So anyway, back on the subject. But the the Daniel Bryan, the Planet, that's who he is. Um, ironic that a conservationist is a heel in today's climate, but that was a, a unique gimmick. I guess he's starting to transition to part-time status, but putting over Drew Gulak, uh, wrestling him, I guess he's doing some backstage work as well. And probably program for Roman Reigns if The Rock is not available for WrestleMania. Actually, you know what? I think that'd be a um, a great match, especially which also kind of ironic. People didn't want to boo Daniel Bryan. Part of it was was him coming back uh, from you know his forced medical retirement. But with Roman Reigns also being forced to step away for medical reasons when his leukemia had returned. And people at first, when he came back, they were cheering him because he had beaten leukemia again. But as a matter of time, the booze started returning because, once again, he was being pushed and pushed and pushed. People didn't think he earned it. And then he did the correct thing, and he turned heel. And now people are booing him. You know, with even more ferocity, which is the way to care, and he's doing it well. So very. I, so I, I think that, and no, Roman Reigns did not make the top ten. Uh, he was number eleven, but I, I think that'd be a absolutely fantastic match with Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, especially you know because remember the wrestle the the Rumble before WrestleMania thirty one was the one that Roman Reigns won, but they wanted Daniel Bryan to win. And he was thrown out. Right. So that's really right. when the the boo started for Roman Reigns. Amazing how a Philadelphia crowd is a indicator for success or failure. Oh yeah, Philadelphia's one towns I mean if 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 
you can get over Philadelphia. I think that's one of the places where you can possibly get over anywhere because they take their their wrestling very, very seriously there. But that goes to our third and final number five. And one, I'll give you a hint about who it is. Woo! And many comebacks that we could have discussed with Ric Flair. The one most notable is the man had started off, he was, what, four years into the business in 1975, got into a plane crash and broke his back. Yep. And went from United States champion before his back injury to world champion after his back injury. Yep. I mean, and it, now granted, it wasn't immediately after he came back. You know, it was still about three or four years later. But the fact that here he is in a position to where he may not, not ever walk again, but he managed to walk again. And part of the reason why, obviously, and Kyle, I know you'd appreciate this, Ric Flair was actually in tremendous shape. Yes. You know, a lot of people don't understand. I mean, yeah, his, his cardio is, is also stuff of legends. Uh, because of the training that he went through with Vern Gagne. And he could actually bench, uh, I, I want to say, 350, 400. You know, and I know you put up, you know, about 700 more pounds than that, but yeah, that's still not a slouch at all. You know, not by any yep. stretch. But the most, uh, my son asked me the other day what my highest amount that I ever uh, benched was. And I had to say it was around two forty, two forty five. And I which I, I know for you that I do, I know you do that for breakfast, I know. <laughs> and, but, but for me I mean at the time, I mean I just my goal was to be able to bench press more than what I weighed. And at the time I weighed about two fifteen or two twenty. So I was actually pretty happy that I was able to push it up about three times and there you go. Um you know, I was still in the Air Force, so I really had to watch how much with the weight. Because there are some guys, even in the Air Force, you know, who can put up, like, so seriously, my commander at the time, he was benching between 3 and 350. and But he was also in just great, great shape. Um, but Flair, for him to come back from a plane crash, and have have you read his first book? Yes. Okay, so you remember when he was talking about um, – he got all the letters from the fans because all of a sudden, because he was a pretty hated heel at the time, and all of a sudden he's in his plane crash. And it's the same the, the same plane crash that that uh, killed Johnny Valentine's career. Johnny Valentine yeah. crippled him. He never wrestled again. Paralyzed him. Paralyzed him exactly. And Mister Wrestling Tim Woods was also in the same plane, and he checked himself into the hospital, but then checked himself out because of the kayfabe rules and he knew that if people were to find out that he and these two heels were on the same plane together it would he his mindset was it would kill the business so he checked himself out of the hospital wrestled a match where he quote-unquote got injured and then was out for a while to recover from his legitimate injuries from the plane crash but for Flair, 
all of a sudden the fans liked him. They were writing him letters, get well cards, things like that. And he's a bad guy because it's kind of a bad taste to hate on somebody who literally almost got killed in a plane crash. Right. And when he came back, they handed him, you know, some of the letters on TV, and he said, I don't want these. And he tossed them away. Boom, instantly he was hated again. Kind of like the same thing that Seth Rollins did a couple years ago, if you remember. Right. You know, but you know what? It worked. But for Flair, you know, like you said, he was U.S. champ when all this went down. For him to come back and come back with his – in probably even better shape. Now, granted, because of his back injury, he will not take a flat back bump directly onto his back. If you watch him, you know, especially on the backdrops, you can always tell it. He actually takes it on his – I believe it's his right side, even though in his book he actually said he takes it on his left side. And I was like, no, I think he takes it on his right side. I watch it. He takes it on his right side. So, Rick, if you're listening, I think you would be. You do it on your right side, dude. But you're also, Uh, like, in your 70s, so. We had a discussion about health before we started the podcast. Ric Flair at 67 years old deadlifted over 400 pounds. And that's just like the deadlift, like you're picking it up off the floor and then putting it back down? That's straight off the ground. Okay. So um, they said he could bench press 315 pounds for five reps. Now that's not, I mean, that's good, especially at his body weight, but that's post breaking his back. Right. So he was clearly a, a big boy, but they're looking looking it up. He they say his max bench was three eighty five, which is close to four hundred pounds. That's still a very respectable weight without assistance. Oh, but absolutely. I, I, I'm impressed by his with a broken back. One, uh, having had back injuries, to be able to deadlift 400 pounds at any age is rare. That's not an exercise you see a lot of people do in the gym. But at age 67, that would be competition record if he were to compete. So that's... uh, that's a remarkable feat just on the health side, not to mention, I mean, 16 time world champion, multiple time hall of famer. This is before the horsemen. Like imagine what wrestling would be like if Ric Flair wasn't, if the horsemen were never around. That's, that's, that's really hard to imagine. Um, especially after I listened to Arn Anderson's podcast today where they had Tully Blanchard as a guest and they were talking about the horsemen. And, yeah, I couldn't imagine. I mean, I couldn't imagine the wrestling world without Ric Flair because he was the first world champion that I remember when I first started watching back in 1984. And, and just his – he carried himself like a world champion. And they mentioned the plane crash even then, and it was, 
you know, almost 10 years after the fact. Because when Nikita Koloff threw the Russian sickle on David Crockett uh, during an interview, and I don't know if you've ever seen that footage, um, but, yeah, Flair came out and attacked Nikita after that, and then he said, yeah, because David Crockett was also on the plane. And that was part of the angle. He said, David, you know, he, he and I survived this plane crash, and he's one of my best friends, and you attacked him. But, yeah, so the, Ric Flair, arguably best wrestler ever. Uh, there's – I don't think anybody would say he's out of their top five. He's going to be in everybody's top five between him and, you know, a couple other ones. But Flair's name is always going to be in that mix. Oh, and the reason I was actually asking about the deadlift, uh, it's just basically, you, um, and it sounds basic, but I mean, I know it's not, where you're just literally, you're you're lifting it up off the floor, and the, you have to hold it for a certain amount of time. And you got to hold it at lockout. Okay, hold it lockout, and then back down the floor, uh, because someone on my Instagram, and it, it was actually a, a female who I worked with, at my last assignment in England, and she has been really hitting the weights hard over the past couple of years. And she's been posting pictures and things like that. You know, she set up a gym in her garage. And just today, I saw where she posted where she deadlifted 250. She weighs probably 125, maybe. And she deadlifted 250. Hey. So, I mean, and I'm not going to mention her name on here because, um, I mean, I haven't actually spoken to her in, in quite a while, um, you know, and so just out of respect for her privacy. But, yeah, that's that's pretty impressive if you ask me. So, but anyway, I just figured I'd mention that, give a shout-out to her. But, and she has actually kind of a unique name. So I do, and I know if I mention her name, she's the only person I've ever met with this particular name. And I, I'll tell you, you know, off the air. Uh, but, yeah, because I know she's been working really hard at that, and you know, and her career is also going really good, and you know, married with two kids too, you know, right. so living a good life and really happy for her. You know, well, and glad to see her hard work is paying off. Going into number four, someone who married the boss's daughter, but is also known for his prowess in the gym. He uh, tore his quad in a match, finished the match, and came back in 2002, about nine months after he tore his quadricep, and we're talking about Triple H. Hunter Hurst Helmsley, real name Paul Levesque, the the current chief operations officer of the WWE. We talked about Pops, but when he returned in, I want to say, New York, that was a tremendous crowd pop for someone who's not really known to be a fake. Oh, I was I was watching the night he came back. And I'll stray slightly away from the family friendly just for one one word. I mean, this is a word you'll hear on this video kind of show. But but he said, in case you don't remember who the hell I am, you know, I am the game. And he came back, and of course, you know, he and Jericho started their their program because Jericho was the one who he was in the match with. I think it was a tag match. It was Triple H and Stone Cold against Jericho. 
and I don't remember the, the other person. Benoit, Jericho, okay, Triple H and Stone Cold. Okay, yeah, I could not remember um, who the fourth person was, but um, but not only did Triple H finish the match, he had Jericho put him in, you know, Jericho's Walls of Jericho, the move that, that Boston Crab that he does, which puts a lot of stress on, you know, the legs on the quads, and. I'll tell you right now, I mean, regardless of your opinion on Triple H as far as, you know, some of the things people say about him, that's a man's man right there. For toughness, for sure. Yeah. And I remember back then when they were they were playing the My Sacrifice. You know, they had a video set to that. You know, remember the Creed song, My Sacrifice? Oh, yeah. And which is a great song, by the way. I know some people don't like Creed, but I do like Creed. So if you don't like them, oh well, that's your issue. But when they played that song, they were actually showing like a lot of these injuries in the very last video they had on their the last uh, segment they had was Triple H being carried up the ramp, and I believe it was some referees. I mean, they he had his arms around both of them, and Stephanie was following. And I don't remember if they were. Legally married yet? It, this may have been about the time they got married, but um, but she was his storyline uh, wife, and they were together, you know, in the storyline. So she was kind of following, but you could tell her face was of legitimate concern. It wasn't just, oh, my man's hurt. I mean, it was, oh no, you know, they need they need to get him into the hospital, you know, quickly. But for him to come back after that. And that and that's something that here it is, you know, we're still talking about it eighteen years later. That when he came back and it was nineteen years ago that he did it, and he totally missed the invasion storyline. Yeah, right. Tearing a quadricep uh in itself, uh that's not a very common injury unless you're Triple H or Kevin Nash. They're they're the only two I know who have definitely had it. And in the NFL, those that have had it, it ended their careers. Oh, yeah. I mean, because that's because literally to tear your muscle off bone. I mean, and that's essentially what it is. Am I right? Yeah. Well, Triple H's tear, they said his his quadricep folded it into the upper part of his thigh. Ugh. And, and it's one of those things that you can actually see the tear in the match when it happens. And, you know, and I feel really stupid for this. Every time they show it, I honestly still can't tell. Somebody would act on it, would have to sit with me and point it out to me, you know, and because I can't tell, but I know other people said, oh, I'm like, okay, uh, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, the first time somebody's looking at a sonogram, you know, of a baby, and they're looking and they can't see it. That's that's what right. it feels like to me because I can't tell it. But, I mean, I'm going to obviously take everybody's word for it that it happened because, I mean, the man was hurt pretty bad. So, I mean, the the matches and he 
he's ended up tearing both. So we're talking about the first quad injury. He tore the second one. Another one, Vince McMahon tore his both. Uh, remember in the yes. Royal Rumble match. <laughs> yes. The one in 2005. They should have just let it be a tie. But um, that that's that's another one. But went on to superstardom. And we talk a lot. There's a lot of negative talk about Triple H, of course. But the things he's been able to do after after tearing a quad are, like, really impressive. Like, that's something that should go in a medical book on the accomplishments. Well, he has a love for the business. He has more respect for the business than probably the majority of wrestlers out there. You know, and I mean that and that's really saying something. His passion for the business, you know, and yes, I realize yeah, he married the boss's daughter, but I don't see Shane McMahon's wife being involved with the business. No. You know, whereas Triple H, you know, he he knows the storylines and he can push it. And I'm not saying I agree necessarily with his decisions. I do think that his ego does run amok at times, especially when it comes to the WrestleManias. Everybody says, well, he always puts himself over. And some say, well, look at all the matches he lost. It's not the winning or losing with the WrestleMania matches with him for me that kind of irritates me. It's the fact that his matches are always the longest ones, and they're the longest ones by quite a bit. You know, he's right. spending he's spending thirty minutes in a match. Nobody else is going longer than like ten or twelve minutes. And he's doing this, and he's now a part timer. Yeah, he's part of the office, and the fact that he has kind of moved into that executive role, you know, I think that that is kind of impressive because. The company hasn't dropped yet. However, they better do something because, like we discussed earlier, their ratings are at their lowest point ever, week after week after week. Part of that is due to COVID, so they kind of can't help that, but part of that's also the product that they're putting out. Once the pandemic is over and then get back to normalcy, we'll have to see what shakes out from that. But... He's another one that he's, um, well, you know, I guess he is in the Hall of Fame with DX, but you know he's going to go in the Hall of Fame. More than likely, he's going to be the one to take over once Vince McMahon either steps down or passes on. And But supposedly Triple H, you know, or Paul Levesque will be the person to take over the company. Right. So his comeback, to come back from that quad injury where he could have been put on the sidelines permanently – and he came back, and he is wrestling those thirty-minute matches, which are annoying, but but he is doing it. So, you know, that is actually saying something. That's actually why, well, you know, kind of. I think we we both ranked him. Well, you ranked him higher than I did, but I mean, he's right there in the middle for me. No, I but, thought that that comeback, the the injury itself, and then the moments, um. Thought he became more relevant after he tore his quad as a main event star. 
than before. Right. And, and that's someone where he elevated after the injury. But but speaking of famous injuries, our next, our number three, has one of the most famous injuries ever in wrestling. And that's when Stone Cold Steve Austin broke his neck in 1997 and his comeback from that. Probably. Because, uh, yeah, he. Go ahead. The most famous injury on our list. You know, I'm sitting there looking through the list, and I believe you might be right because we didn't Sid Vicious and his ugly, ugly, you know, leg break, um, or the one doofus with the backyard wrestling here a couple months ago where he bent his legs backwards. Uh, because he, I don't know if he's come back anyway, but it doesn't matter. He, you know, I don't see that dude ever wrestling ever again. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? No. I'll have to find that video and send it to you, and then you can send me, you know, the nasty response because it, it's, it's bad. But, yeah, this is a match, Stone Cold and Owen Hart, you know, the late Owen Hart, where Owen was doing a sit-out Tombstone Piledriver. And they had discussed it beforehand. Owen said, I could do it. Well, Austin said, you're going to fall forward? He said, no, I'm falling backwards. He said, but you're falling forward? He said, no. He said, I'm falling backwards. Well, he couldn't fall forward with the Piledriver because that's the Undertaker's version. And so he's falling backwards, and he had Stone Cold's head too far down, and you can see it when he drops down to his rear end, and you see Stone Cold's head all of a sudden go to the side. And, you know, Stone Cold has actually said, you know, and he's had several interviews about this, but he said he could not, was he couldn't feel his legs, or was it like his arms and his legs? Yeah, went completely numb from the, uh, Hand down, or the neck down. So I mean, he could have, he could have been left paralyzed right there in the ring, and for him to also come back because this was before. I mean, he was already stone cold by this point, but he had not won the world title yet. That actually would not come. Until, see, that was SummerSlam, so it would have been about another nine months before he actually won the world title at WrestleMania 14. And then had a, a year and a half with, with the title, had a, his neck surgery, and then came back for another two years. But that's another one. If Owen doesn't drop him on his head, how long does Stone Cold go into the uh, new millennium? You know, I've actually thought about that one. Because, yes, the neck issues obviously were very legitimate. 
and they would have put a lesser man on the shelf forever. But he also had severe knee issues. You think about it, I mean, he, them, that, those knee braces were not just for show. And so, I mean, I think he was actually – he was battling other issues because of that. Um, and then he also had the point where he walked out of the company for a year, and he admits that's the worst mistake he ever made in his career. But so I don't – his career wouldn't have – I don't – my personal opinion is he retired at what, WrestleMania 19? That was his, his last match, and that was with The Rock up in Seattle. Yeah. His career would have gone maybe two years after that, you know. Um, because, I mean, the, and he was still – he was still participating sort of. He was a referee at WrestleMania 20 between – you know, with – Brock Lesnar and Goldberg. And he's also, uh, he'll show up every once in a while, give somebody a stunner. Because he's, so far, if you look at everybody that he's stunned, he's stunned the current president of the United States. He's stunned the CEO of the company. He's stunned the CEO of the company's wife, who was also part of uh, President Trump's cabinet. <laughs> he's stunned everybody. He's stunned right. Santa Claus. And, and so. But I don't think his in-ring career would have gone that much further because of all the other injuries that he had. But the fact that he did come back from a broken neck, I mean, it it was legitimately broken, and he was almost paralyzed. And it did cause a little bit of a rift between him and Owen for a time. But he didn't – he never hated Owen because he said you couldn't couldn't hate Owen. Because they said, I mean, he was just that much of a guy, but – it was because Owen, I guess, never came and apologized to him, but he didn't do it. It wasn't out of spite because Jim Ross talked about this. He said Owen was embarrassed because part of their legacy was they didn't hurt people in the ring. And Owen had actually hurt somebody from you know, his own actions, had actually hurt somebody. And not just hurt anybody, he hurt the number one person in the entire industry at the time. Right. But, and so, I mean, it could have been a lot of, so yeah, Owen was embarrassed, but when Owen passed away, you know, the very next night, of course, Stone Cold came out and he was the last person to pay a tribute and he popped a Steve Weiser and he held it up, you know, for Owen. Cause a lot of people were even wondering, but he did it. And, you know, he's even said, you know, he said, you know, he said, hell, he said, I love the guy. You know, but but yes, so that one I mean could have arguably been a number one, uh, just because it, like I said, it's the most famous injury ever. Our number two has a comeback, not because of an injury, but I would say his career didn't exactly set anything on fire like the way it should have. So he left the WWE for a while, did some time on the independents and some other areas, and then came back and is now the WWE world champion. That's Mr. Drew McIntyre. The, um, to go from three-man band playing air guitar and air instruments 
with Heath Slater and Jinder Mahal to getting released to completely, I, I don't want to say rebuilding, but discovering our breaking out with this true talent on the independent scene and then going to Impact Wrestling, NXT, and coming up the hard way to now be two-time WWE champion. Really deserving of the number two spot on our list. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, don't also don't forget Royal Rumble 2020 winner, which led to his title shot against Brock Lesnar at the WrestleMania. And just his matches are brutal because he is such a powerhouse now. I mean, he his first run, and you could almost say maybe they let him go because he was kind of half-stepping, but he was he was kind of scrawny looking. Well, I guess compared to the way he is now, he was kind of scrawny looking. And with the beard now, well, back then he was clean-shaven, well, because maybe he looked like he was about 12. Maybe he couldn't even grow any facial hair, but that was the appearance. And now he's totally reinvented himself, and he's one of their top stars ever. Now, I mean, I would say. Um, Not well, it's he's he's borderline right now. Not even close to being ever. There's a lot of lists on that. Well, there, ever. there is a lot of lists, but he is. He he's actually held the, the world title for a bit. Um, with well, with the exception of the time that Randy Orton got it back for that little bit. But I think he's he's actually a legitimate champion. I mean, he he looks like he's somebody he could hold the belt for a while longer. Uh, the Claymore kick, which I'll be honest with you, I was not a fan of it at first. To me, it it almost looked like just like a one-legged drop kick. But then I really got to watching how he does it. I mean, he brings that that foot up with such force. And I know a lot of it is the opponent's selling. But it's, so it's not just a drop kick. I mean, he's bringing that thing up, and it's uh, – well. Do you know the origin of the Claymore kick? No. What is the origin of the Claymore kick, Kyle? The origin of the Claymore kick, he was in three-man band, and he was wearing those leather pants. Okay. And his his pants were so tight that if he did a the move he was planning, he would have ripped the pants in the ring. Hey, um, we have another caller. Hello, caller, Eric code 8859. You're on the air. We're family-friendly. Please, please keep it clean. Uh, give us your name. Where are you calling from? Uh, my name is Selena Dean, and I'm calling from uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Hello, no mean, mean Selena Dean. We have been waiting for you with the chance to talk to you, ma'am. How are you? I'm I'm doing pretty good, brother. How are you guys doing? Uh, we are doing fantastic. And I am That's good blessed. to hear. That's good to hear. So thank you for calling. Yeah, um, is there any way you can give us an update on your mom? How's she doing? 
Um, she's actually she's doing really really good actually. Um, and uh, she told me to tell you guys uh, thank you so much for um, sharing and everything. She's um, on her uh, chemo drug currently, and she only has um, two more, like um, you know, two two more rounds of it. So she'll be done um, sometime in February, and um, they're seeing all five of the lumps like uh, shrink up. And then like in February, they'll have, um, the surgery to remove the remaining part, like the remaining parts of it. And then, uh, you know, hopefully she'll be cancer free at that time. And then, you know, we can, uh, look for the future, hopefully be cancer free the rest of her years, you know? Yep. That, that is awesome. You know, so and, and uh, I, actually, go ahead. Uh, her work and everything. Um, uh, they gave her uh, like a disability. Like I don't know. Like the company started something where um, like uh, she like doesn't have to apply for disability like through the state. Um, so she's still like on active payroll through the company, and it's like she's like not even left. Like they just passed that, so she started getting like regular payments uh, from her work as if she never even left and they're not going to, you know, like release her or like make her get rehired or anything, has her job and everything. And they're just waiting on her to come back. So uh, money for them isn't an issue anymore. Oh, that's great. So like an FMLA type uh, deal or? Yeah. It's kind of like that. Like, they had us all come in, and um, they, like, made this program. Uh, It's Thrive Market, like the um, organic online website that you order food from. They started this um, little thing. um, Like, uh, all the employees, they help each other. So, like, the the company puts so much on like if you need like short term or long term disability the company still pays you as regular employees as long as you like want to return to work after that and since she's been there so long she's like the first person that's uh, been able to accept the money from the company and still get paid for it. Okay. So oh, no, that's great. Point- is your Quick mom off. doing doing good right now? I only get to watch you on Facebook and YouTube, being I'm a Maryland resident. But I have just seen that you're the NWF Golden Ticket winner. I am, yeah. Um, she and she actually, um, you know, came out for that and got to watch that um, before she like, you know, got real bad like. Um, so she's doing fine. She's just, like, super tired, like, all the time, and she wanted to come out and see that. So somebody uh, brought her up to watch me, um, you know, take home the ticket. And um, But now she's just uh, she's just really tired. She's still in, like, super high spirits about it. She's confident about, like, beating it at everything. So she's just looking forward to getting all the chemo done and the surgery done and then, you know, being – uh, being back at every show again. So, 
if I understand it correctly, are you mean, Selena Dean, or small and mean? Uh, small and mean, Selena Dean. Hey, Tyler, me to, to change that in the in the uh, description, so I, I'll make sure I get the small and mean. And what's the origin of that nickname? I always love the wrestler nicknames. I have one myself. What's the origin of the nickname? So, um, my, my grandfather, um, he always like, um, he would always call me small and mean, you know, and I always heard it a lot, like, especially when I was a kid, like, um, and be like, Oh, look at her. She's small and mean, like, you know, always had an attitude or like, I don't know. It's just, um, comes from being, uh, like five foot three and, um, being very sarcastic all the time. I got to I got to get my way somehow, you know. <laughs> I like that. And Kyle, uh, even though Kyle's unfortunately he can't uh, come all the way out to Ohio to see you, I've actually been fortunate enough to see you in person. I saw you at the last Mount Orb show because I actually live in Mount Orb. Yay. Okay. <laughs> you know, and yeah, and I actually was going to come to the show that you were going to have in Fairfield uh, this past Saturday, but unfortunately, uh, it, it's been just postponed, right? It hasn't been canceled outright. Uh, no, just uh, postponed until um, you know we figure something out. Okay, yeah, because I actually was looking forward to coming out there and maybe actually meeting you in person, you know, so you can kind of kind of put a face behind the name. You may have actually seen me in the audience uh, there at Mount Orb. Uh, I was probably wearing my hat that says uh, Afghanistan veteran, and I have a kind of a skull up with a ponytail. There's the way Kyle puts it. And okay, and yeah, and I was yeah, I was there with with my son and my neighbor and his son as well. We were sitting, and you probably don't remember because I know you were in the very first match, and it was uh, that was a fun match to watch actually. And uh, and it's actually I will say it's an honor to be able to talk to you now on our podcast. You know, and we're we're so glad to hear that your mom, you know, that uh, you know she appears to be doing great, and hopefully, you know, she'll be able to to see you at all the live shows, and then definitely if she, if she's able to come, let us know because I want, you know, I'd like to meet her as well because she sounds like a trooper. Uh, yeah, um, like the next show that we have uh, that you're able to come to, just uh, shoot me a message, and um, you know, we'll we'll uh, link up there, get you a sticker okay. or something, and. Uh, you know, let you meet my mom if she is there as well. Okay. I, I think you should cut your hair to support her mom. You know what? I just <laughs> might do that. Hey, I I uh I told my mom I was like, look, I was like, you want me to shave my hair? And she uh shoots. She said absolutely not because uh I I did it randomly one time like uh when I was 21 I I cut it real short and like bleached it all blonde and uh I came home one day and she was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) but it it took so long for it to grow out like it took about like three years for it to grow out fully like this because when I started I still had short hair and uh now it's it's like this and I can't can't go back now even though I want to Uh, and I just now got your message that said you're on the line. So I, yeah, I'm right on top of things. <laughs> Sorry. 
Yeah, no, like I was, I've never called in where it was like already talking and I was like, oh God, I think I called the wrong one. Oh no, you know, you're fine. I mean, uh, like I said, we are very honored to have you uh, call in because uh, we actually don't get a lot of callers. In fact, um, tonight is rare. We actually have two callers. Uh, the other one was actually Randy, who I know, he, there's quite a few guys in the NWF who actually know Randy. He's actually tried to be a wrestler in the past, and he went through, I guess it was a fantasy camp that he did with uh, Roger. Um, but okay. Randy and I were pretty good friends. Yeah, so he's a big dude. Um, if you saw him, you might you might recognize him. Big dude, he's also an EMT. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm yeah. really so, good with, yeah, uh, like, faces. Okay. Not names so much. Faces. Uh, big dude, kind of a shaved head, uh, glasses, um, you know, sweetheart of a guy, actually. And I'm not just saying it because I think he's still listening. Uh, Ray, if you're still listening, send me a text. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Um, and I don't but, know if you heard p- part of the subject for tonight. We're actually talking about, like, top ten wrestling comebacks. Um, if you had to list, like, a top wrestling comeback – uh, who do you think that you would say is like the number one, or even if you can't say number one, because just uh, if you have a couple in mind, who would who would would be like your, maybe your top three? Oh, uh, for wrestling comebacks, um, I think top one like currently uh, would have to be uh, like just just this year of uh, Edge making his comeback and everything like that. Like that one really sticks with me and. Uh, I'm not really good at, uh, like, rattling these off at the top of my head. Like, I got to, like, rewatch everything uh, (laughs) just to, like, jog my memory. I've had a lot of concussions. I cannot recall. (laughs) Oh, so um, go ahead, Kyle. You you may be able to help jog her memory with our number one. Yep. And, yes, yeah, Selena, since uh, you're on the line as we were talking about this, we were getting ready to announce our number one, and it would actually be when Shawn Michaels came back in 2002. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yep, you know, because remember he had, um, he had the really bad back injury where he actually compressed some of the vertebrae in his spine during the casket match with The Undertaker, and then he ended up um, – doing the, the job for Steve Austin and passing the world title into him, and then he was gone until 2002 when he came back after four years. And he had cleaned up not only his health, but he had actually cleaned himself up as well, got away from all the, the drugs and everything that he had been doing and, you know, became a better man for it. And so, Dad, he's actually our number one. Now, did you guys and, have uh, Chris Jericho on there when he made his comeback in what, uh, like, was it 2005 or six? I, I was did. pretty excited for that one. Oh, uh, we—he was on both of our lists. He had, he just didn't make the top ten. Uh, oh, but Jer- I, I love Jericho because he—he—he is just amazing. The fact I mean, he can because he is a wrestler and he's also a podcaster and he's a legitimate rock star. I don't see how he does it all. I mean, the man, he is, he is absolutely amazing. Yeah, he he's living the dreams of many. Yeah, he is. I mean, that's You know what? That's a perfect way to put it. You ever thought about that, Kyle? Yeah, he always finds a way to stay relevant and, and hip to the product. Uh, I did enjoy – I don't know if you watched his Twitter account before – 
the news of the weekend, he was shamed for his appearance by some NBA players on the TNT show. Oh, yeah. And to watch him fire back on Twitter um, as a sarcastic person myself, I really enjoyed that. That was great reading on the treadmill the other morning. But one one of the guys, we talked about wrestling t-shirts in previous episodes. His shirts are a hot topic. Who, Jericho? Yeah, there's a... Yes. AEW has quite a few of their, um, like, branded shirts, like, at Hot Topic. I noticed that, like, uh, not too long ago, I was doing Christmas shopping, and I seen, like, three or four, like, Orange Cassidy ones. There was Young Bucks. There was uh, Cody. Um, the Dark Order had a few up there. And then uh, the Jericho ones. Even, like, the ones from in Japan were there. So he... To to get in, uh, we we were talking in a previous episode in Maryland where I live. The kids do not wear wrestling shirts, and, oh. and every oh, once really? in a while you'll see. And, and we have independent wrestling here, uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling. Uh, we have the ha- House of Pain Wrestling, Adrenaline. ACW all in the area, but you do not see wrestling shirts, but hot topic our hot topic in the mall has them available for sale. Jericho is one of them and always available. I will have to go down uh, and check out the hot topic. Yeah. So down on Eastgate because and of course that's the nearest hot topic to me is the lovely town of Eastgate. But I will have to go down and check that out and see if I had those, especially the uh, the Dark Order shirts, because with the unfortunate passing of Brody Lee this weekend, I mean, that I know Kyle and I, we talked about that at the very beginning of the episode. I mean, that hit us uh, pretty hard, and we're just fans. You know, being in the industry, I mean, I know it had to hit you even harder. Yeah, because honestly, he was uh, somebody that I'd like to watch wrestle for a very long time, even when he was in WWE and, like, you know, not getting used as much. And then it it breaks my heart because he actually got to show, like, his, you know, quote-unquote full potential at AEW, and then something so tragic happens, and it breaks my heart for his his wife and his children and everything. And it's just – it's so sad that he can't, you know – keep going with how good that he was. So to try and end positively, what are your career aspirations? Do you think you want to be a WWE superstar, go to AEW, Japan? Um, so going to Japan kind of scares me because, you know, like the language barrier and everything, but, I think that would be, like, a tremendous opportunity. Um, But I am currently in school for um, medical massage. Um, And I plan on, because, you know, can't wrestle forever, you know, 
stuff gives out. Um, I've done high-impact sports my whole life. So my plan is to, you know, plant seeds in wrestling uh, and hopefully go to AEW, but, like, work behind the scenes or even WWE be on their uh, medical team for uh, to be a massage therapist for the wrestlers um, and even impact or anything like that. I would love to work with any company as long as it gets the good name out there, which is my name. That's awesome. And so, Selena, for those, well, and just uh, real quick uh, before, because I, I will totally forget to ask this if I don't ask it now. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of you for bookings or other that, if they just want to uh, follow you on any kind of social media, how would they do that? Um, so <clears throat> my uh, my my name is uh, spelled a little different. It's uh, S A L E N A, uh, and then Dean is spelled normal. Um, you just type that in on Facebook, and apparently I'm the only one that comes up with it. Um, but on Instagram, it's uh, Deanster95, and then on Twitter, it's Mean Selena Dean, the handle for Twitter. I don't think I have a LinkedIn or anything else like that. I can't recall, but I might, you know. So, Kyle, you were saying something. I didn't, didn't mean to interrupt you there, brother. Oh, no. Getting the booking in first. Uh, I see you have a T-shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees, and yep. what's 2020, 2021 looking like for you? Uh, uh, uncertain because of, uh, you know, the Rona, but, you know, I, I have um, a couple things booked in March, um, but, you know, it, it's still, like, hit or miss a lot of people don't want to like book onward until they like it gets closer and then all that so it's just the waiting game I already had a couple uh get canceled that were in February and in March um I was supposed to be going to like Wisconsin um but that got canceled so it's just the waiting game 2021 is a wait But, you so know, if, your, if Maryland uh, is having shows, let me know. Maryland just had a – Maryland Championship Wrestling just did a show not too long ago. Um, I have had Rona. It's not that bad. I had no symptoms. Um, but with the vaccination, things are starting to open up a, a little bit. And then we all have to wear our masks. Of course. Yeah, like I can wrestle in a mask, you know. They just that's just not appealing. <laughs> I'm sure you could make an awesome small and mean mask. I was uh, uh, I was Kyle, looking into it. That'd be nice because I'm. I think I was thinking about ordering myself like one of the old assassins masks. But then again, I, I'd look kind of funny just wearing that. Um, not actually being in a ring, but uh, well, Selena, your next time actually here in you know the bustling metropolis of Mount Orb, I think is actually next month, isn't it? Um, yes. As far as I know, it is still on um, the 16th um, until we get further notice 
from the uh, the county. But hopefully, hopefully the 16th of January. And if I remember correctly, you're going to be in a triple threat match. Yeah, uh, with those two punks, uh, Nikki Victory and Veronica Vaughn. Yep. And uh, Kyle, since you can't make it, I will definitely have to record that. Uh, well, Selena, actually, would Roger have an issue about me recording it and then posting it on YouTube? Uh, as long as you uh, make it private, like you, where you send the link to people um, and then they can watch it. Like uh, It's just not open to the public. Gotcha. Okay, I will make sure. Sh- uh, I will make sure that any videos I already have. Oh, I only have one. It was like the last four, of the Battle Royal from the last time you were on I'll make sure I make that private. Uh, thank you for the information. That's good to know. And well, we yeah. just got a cue. We only have about ninety seconds left. So, Selena, do you have any last words? No. Nope. Uh, thank you guys for having me. It was nice to finally get to talk with you. Uh, sorry that it took so long. That's uh, that's my bad. Uh, but you guys have oh. a wonderful new year. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. The pleasure is all on our side. You know, wouldn't you say that, Kyle? Yes, I would. Great talking to you. Have a great 2021, and hopefully I'll get to see you wrestle soon. Exactly. Yeah. Bring me out see to Maryland, brother. I'll talk to you later. <laughs> all, right, all right. We'll see you, Selena. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that should be about it for our 2020 and our Yes, and I'd say it ended on a, a very good high note. You know, actually listening listen to Selena and telling us some news about her mom. Um, and I will definitely, um, yeah, like she said, I'll record the match for you, Kyle, and I'll make sure that the link is private, not public. Awesome. So, so any last words, Kyle? Because we just got the 10-second cue. No, have a great final few days hope you rona spreaders don't go out and cause any mischief the rest of the year all right happy new year brother happy new year Bye.